0: Welcome to Hey Joe, a podcast answering questions asked by our listeners,
1: created by pet professionals for pet professionals, and now, your host, Hey Joe's very own,
0: Joe Zuccarello. What's up everyone, Joe Zuccarello here and welcome to Hey Joe, a podcast brought to you by Paragon School of Pet Grooming. Check out our site at paragodpetschool.com for lots of really cool information on a variety of programs, products, and to connect to educational resources such as webinars, podcasts, current events, special news, certifications, and lots of other helpful information to help you grow yourself, your team, and of course your business. Let's get started with this week's episode. Hey everyone, this is Joe Zuccarello, your host of the Hey Joe podcast, and we are back with uh, another great episode. And uh, this is one that is uh, really near and dear to my heart. We've talked about this topic from time to time, and that is building culture. And in fact, more specifically, building a culture that your employees don't want to leave. In a competitive landscape, when we're all fighting for great staff and great talent in our pet services businesses, one of the things we sometimes uh, don't pay enough attention to is retention, and that's retaining our team members as much as we might spend attention and time and effort in recruiting team members. So I am joined today by a pair of my, uh, I know I say everybody on my podcast is some of my favorite people, but heck, that's who I have on my podcast, right? But I've got BC and Kathy Henschen, uh from Platinum Paws in Carmel, Indiana, And uh, they own a really great uh, high-volume grooming salon in Carmel, Indiana. And I've invited them onto the podcast today to talk about how exactly do they create that culture where people don't want to leave. Hey, BC and Kathy, welcome to the podcast.
2: Hey, Joe. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Hey,
1: Joe.
0: So... One of the things that uh, uh, the Hey Joe listener audience is going to get to know a little bit more about you, and I'm going to have you introduce yourselves because nobody nobody does a great introduction any better than themselves. Um, but one of the the, the secret things that, that that a lot of people don't realize is that we are uh, we are listening to, and I'm actually talking to uh, a potential future ninja competitor. Yes, uh, you guys heard me right. The, the, the famous TV show where all of the ninjas compete and go through those obstacle courses and all of those, those strength, uh, the tests of strength and such, we are talking with, I believe, one of the future contestants of that show. So BC and Kathy, tell us about yourselves, tell us about Platinum Paws, and give us a peek into Ninja Groomer.
2: <laughs> all right, well, my name is Kathy and I have been a groomer here at Platinum Paws for about 15 years we have owned uh, this business and grown it from just me. Um, I started out by myself um, right out of school and um, it took, you know, I took a few, few punches to the chin in the beginning and, you know, I really had to suit up and show up and um, have an open mind and be humble and and learn as I went. Um, And, you know, I, I really believe that customer service is, is very important and that's what saved me in the beginning and um i've just grown as a groomer ever since then and i know that um along the way with hiring people and different people and getting to know different people i've learned a lot of things uh, that way also through competing with grooming i um learn a ton of things through that and with the uh ninja groomer um that is my, my name uh, around here because I love groom dogs and I also love to ninja. And that is one of my dreams, one of my goals um, to be on that famous show. And um, it's just a fire that was put in my heart and uh, I will listen to that fire and and pursue it with as much enthusiasm as I can. And um, you know, it's just, it's an awesome platform to stand on, and I hope I can resist, uh, represent my groomer family well if I do make it to the show. And um, I have a lot of things to talk about uh, once I get there, if I get there, um, and uh, some very important things. Um, so, but I'll I'll hold on to that and not share a lot about that right now. But um, definitely stay tuned, and and hopefully uh, hopefully you'll see me.
0: Well, and for. If we are, uh, if we are, uh, can contribute through to, through this little podcast that gets listened to by uh, multiple people out in the professional grooming space and pet care services space, I hope that uh, uh, your fan base just got a little bit bigger because of the podcast. So, uh, at near the end of the podcast, I'll ask you guys to go ahead and give us some information about where people can follow your progress. So I'm sure you've just piqued the interest of a lot of uh, pet professionals out there. So. Um so BC on on your side of 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 the business I know that you are an enthusiast for pet nutrition.
1: Yeah, that is definitely my passion and um again my pathway kind of changed. When we first opened Platinum Paws it was Kathy by herself. Then eventually I came on board and started doing uh dog training here and Uh, doggy daycare, I actually was at one of the big box pet stores uh, prior to Platinum Paws, and uh, I was a dog trainer there, and I came over here and brought that to Platinum Paws, and we eventually gave that up uh, about, after about five years of doing doggy daycare and training, my passion really turned into pet foods and nutrition, and that's, where my heart took me, so I I expanded our retail and changed things that we were doing at Platinum Paws and transitioned to being the full-time nutrition counselor here, and I do handle the back end as well for Platinum Paws as far as payroll and all the fun stuff that we have to do to run a grooming business in today's day.
0: You know, uh, to all of the Hey Joe listener audience out there, uh, you heard both Kathy and B.C., uh, use the word heart, and I will tell you that these folks have a big heart. Uh, uh, once you start following them, you know uh, they have a real unconditional love for each other, but also a love for their hobbies, for pet nutrition, for the dogs, and giving back to their community uh, through helping uh, needy dogs in the community through uh, some makeovers and such. They've been focused on television news channels and things, so I can't wait to dig right in and 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 allow them an opportunity to share with you guys, the audience out there, how they build this culture. So let's just dive right in, guys, that building a better culture in your grooming business. Um, You know, I I know this, uh, I know that one of the main ingredients, it starts in the beginning, right? So it starts with that recruiting or that selection process, that hiring process, and it's just so important. So can you give us kind of an idea of maybe where do you, where do you look for new team members that might have this this potential that you might be able to draw out of them whether they're existing talent out there or skill level or 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 green just with with a lot of drive where do you where do you search for people
1: so all of the above in reference to what we're looking for a green groomer a seasoned groomer it doesn't matter to us i always say that any groomer that wants to apply here we're going to talk to, regardless if we have the space or not, because if we find that perfect member, we'll make the space. The "quote-unquote" perfect member is very hard to come by, so we do a lot of the online sites, uh, the the big job placement type places. We'll run ads there. I try and put in keywords of some of our competitors more the big boxes so that I can try and find applicants that have already worked in places in grooming but the key is their mind and their raw talent if you will if we're talking about a green groomer so the typical spot the or the typical process for me as the administrator if a potential groomer calls and says, are you hiring? I'll say, come in and talk to me. And then I'll I'll get a feel for them as far as what are they looking for financially? What are they their long-term goals? Kind of what their uh, passion is. And then if they get through me, then they're going to go back and talk to Kathy and not only talk to Kathy, but they're going to talk to all of us because we're a big family here. So even though it is up to Kathy and I, who we hire, if somebody rubs one of our other existing staff members wrong, we're not going to hire that person because we want to make sure our existing team who's been with us for years. And in some cases, you know, almost since we started, we, we want to keep that core always as happy as we can. So once I'm done with them, I turn them over to Kathy, and then she looks for some specifics.
2: Yeah, so once, once they're with me, um, I do a working interview. So they have to pass BC's phone interview, and face-on-face interview. Um, and then uh, once they come to me, they're actually coming in for the day for a few hours to groom a couple of dogs and be in the work environment along with my other uh, teammates. And so, what we look for when we are working with someone new or wanting to um, work for us is are they willing to make a change? I don't care how long you've been grooming, I don't care if you just started grooming. We have a way that we like to do things at Platinum Paws, and I'm sure it's that way with all the grooming shops. But um, we have a certain expectation that needs to be met because that's the expectation of our customers. You know, we have. Um, very high standard as far as scissor work and prep work. Um, you know, I, I, I want people to have their own outlet as, as far as their artistry is concerned. So I'm not going to be nitpicky about everything, but there are certain basics like shaving the hair out of the pads. It needs to be 100% clean unless otherwise told by the customer, or if there's a, an allergy issue and it can't be done, or you know something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, the potty patch. The nails need to be, you know, as short as possible and as round as possible. We Dremel every single dog's nails. Um, ears plucked and cleaned out, depending on the dog. You know, that's a kind a con- kind of a controversy right now: to pluck or not to pluck. And you know, I take it on a dog by dog basis, and how how is that done, and how are they um, making those decisions?
0: Um, so, so let me let they, me ask you a quick question then. You know, is so when you're going through that, I mean, I love that you have this like. Uh, a stair-step approach, right? So that that the person that is looking to be a new team member, or, or as you put it, part of your family, right? Uh, not only goes through the face-to-face or a phone interview and then a face-to-face with BC, but then also moves into more of a practical uh, testing or tryout, right? With, with, uh, with you, Kathy, and then also meeting the rest of the team. And to your point, BC, if they rub you know, anybody on the team wrong, early right when they should be on their best behavior trying to land that perfect job at the perfect place um you know it's important that that the team is involved in that process as well Uh, when 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 if if one of our hey joe listener audience members out there is trying to trying to create like a checklist right do you would do you entertain training groomers as well so somebody with no skill a little skill or even a great amount of skill I like what you said Kathy you said even an existing groomer or groomer with skills has got to be willing to change to fit your standards and your mold and your culture and I think that's where we sometimes run up our run ourselves a little short so I guess what I'm what kind of dial it back just a half a step and say do you have like attributes and are you willing to train from scratch
2: Uh, um I actually do have a one homegrown groomer. Um, she came to me when she was 16 and asked if she could work for me, and I told her no. And she came back a few weeks later and asked me again, and I told her no again. And she came back a couple more weeks later, and she asked again, and then finally I said, okay, fine. And um, she started out as a bather here, and um, she is now married, 27. and uh is expecting a child, so she has been with us for a very long time and um she has gone through up the ladder and it has been challenging for her at times to meet the expectations of of this grooming shop um but she has you know she's trudged through it all and she's she's a very good groomer now um
0: so persistence is so persistence is one of the boxes that they have to check. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
2: definitely <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I really admire that out of her she's she's a very strong willed person um, so i I almost prefer no experience because that's an easier person for me to mold um and to teach things rather than than a seasoned groomer who already has maybe picked up some bad habits or has you know. Has a way of doing things, and they're set in that way, and they're not willing to change or be teachable. Um, Because sometimes that can be frustrating. Where they might start out wanting to to do that um, for you, but then it just it it ends up where they go back to their old ways or their old habits, and it it can become a little bit challenging that way. But with someone new and green, you have a fresh slate. It will take longer. It will take a lot longer. um, But in the end you have something that is uh, beautiful and an awesome relationship as well.
0: And so when you're, when you are looking, so let's say you've found that perfect person and you found the person with some drive, some initiative, we've already established, they need to be persistent. Right. And, um, and they go through your whole screening process and, and they're hired, they have the job, right? So for your new employee, so what, what do you do to kind of start them off on the right track? So is there a process that you go through for, let's say, onboarding or new employee initiation? So, you know, what does kind of take us down the pathway of maybe their first few days or first few weeks or first few months at Platinum Paws? Sure. New
2: new groomers with us will always start in the bathing room, um, I believe, and so does uh, my entire staff is that you know the bath is foundation without a good bath and dry out blowout you are not going to get the most elite groom that you can get and so we go through with the with the new person different techniques that we use in in the bathing process how we bathe um, what products that we use there's several out there for degreasing and for for coat conditioning and for um, itching and things like that. Um, and we, I mean, it even goes down to how you clean a face, what tools that you, you use to clean a face. How do you get the undercoat out? What, what products do you use to that? I mean, there's so many things that go into the bath. Um, and then how do you dry them? Which direction do you dry the hair? What, you know, what dogs do you use a force dryer on? What dogs do you use a fluff dryer on? You know, and we go through all of those things. And it can be, you know, really tedious uh, in the beginning. It's a lot of information uh, for people. And then after the after we're squared away in the bathing process, and I know people aren't going to get it all in the first couple of days. I understand that it's going to take months before they get it all down. And I, you know, I'm really patient about that. Um, after bathing, we talk about prep work. Prep work is nails, pads, potties. Uh, plucking the ears and um, we have very specific ways on how we do all of those things and they you know we'll set them at the table after they have their dog cleaned and dried and say okay go ahead and do all the prep work then I go over and I check all their prep work and and if that is satisfactory then we move them on into the haircut and we teach them how to read you know we all have computers set up and you know you have to the process of going into the computer and looking up the notes and knowing, you know, what are the, are there any pet warnings? Are there any, you know, special instructions, you know, things that, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and it takes a long time. I would say after hiring a new hire, it's probably going to be a minimum of six months before they're really on track the way that they need to be on track.
0: Well, and I think that's where a lot of grooming shop, uh, uh, grooming salon owners and managers and any pet care services business, right? Usually when we're, when we are hiring, we're in need, right? So we have a gap to fill. And, and what it sounds like to me is, you know, going back uh, to what BSC said uh, earlier in, in, our, in our talk together today was uh, when somebody said, when somebody reaches out to you proactively and says, are you hiring? You know, I, I, I've heard other groomers say, they, they answer that we're always hiring right and and when you when you think you're fully staffed is when you're not fully staffed and and what 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 I like about that is use a couple of words I want to uh, kind of unpack for just a moment and you said it's tedious and 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 that's a word that somebody uses when they have felt the frustration of the time it takes to onboard somebody and to prepare somebody to be a good member of the team a good contributing member of the team but then you back that up by saying but you've got to be patient and that that it's worth it. And I think you said investing. I mean, you've used some really powerful words and those are words that, that, you know, all the specifics aside, like, you know, product knowledge and tool knowledge and usage and just the processes of, of the grooming processes themselves on a bigger, uh, uh, more lofty scale. It's those attributes that you have uh, as, as your business owners as leaders and knowing that tedious has to be answered by patient and, and time has to be answered by looking at it as an investment. And you said that you get something beautiful on the, on the end of that. So I guess the big first tip that I'm, I would like to be able to share as as a takeaway here is don't wait until you need somebody to start adding to your team, right? Because adding somebody to your team, let's face it, you could make a poor hiring decision and that person doesn't work out or it was a great hiring decision. But they made a poor employment employment decision, and this industry might just not the job might just not be for them. So, to kind of sum up, you know that that new employee initiation and onboarding it's tedious, but you need to be patient in your investment. So, when you start to and you started to kind of go down this path earlier, but from a from a culture building standpoint, from what makes you feel good and what makes the team feel good, when you're defining those expectations and those standards, what sets Platinum Pause apart from We're not going to name any names, of course, but from maybe others that share the market with you, or just—I mean, you guys know a lot of a lot of people in the industry. What makes your culture so special? Why do people stay with you so long? So maybe so unpack that. How do you define the expectations and the standards for them?
1: Well, I'll jump in on some of this because Kathy is she doesn't like uh, blowing her own horn, but and this shop is about quality. I mean, I know a lot of, a lot of shops like to say that, but we really are about quality, quality over quantity. And I think the groomers that we have found or trained want to do really quality work. And sometimes they may be in a higher production salon and feel kind of uh, squashed over time that you you need to get this dog out the door. And that will, of course, happen here, as it will in any shop. You have clients that say, I need this dog done by two. But even on those rush jobs, we're still focused on quality. And I think the groomers that find their way here can probably make more money elsewhere uh, but they want to get into a salon where they have benefits, they get paid vacations, they get a steady paycheck, and they can express their art more than they can in other salons at other times. And then the other thing that I always talk about I mean, our location, when you talk about business, people always say location, location, location. Well, that also. Adds on to the type of clientele that you get, so if we were in another part of the city, maybe in one of the salons that Kathy worked at you know briefly when she was going through school, when she was doing some apprenticeships, you know they were doing haircuts for thirty five dollars that you know we do for sixty five because they weren't in a quality. The people bringing in the dogs didn't care if the Shih Tzu lip was done or not. We're in a place where the owners are very demanding and they want the best for their pets. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and that holds you, and, that, and, and, and so what you're saying is that in your culture, not only are you defining your own expectations, right? And that accountability for you and your team, but you're also defining the accountability that the customers hold you to in uh in the quality and safety of their pet while they're temporarily in your care getting beautiful that day right so it's it's about accountability and making sure if i'm if i'm if i can sum it up in 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 that one word you hold yourselves to a higher standard so therefore of course you're going to hold your team to a higher standard and you know i'm a big fan of picky customers because I think picky and demanding customers. Now I'm not talking about irrational or 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 or, or uh, 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 you know uh, disrespectful customers. I'm talking about the ones that care and the ones that realize that the money that they're spending, which is sounds like it's a, a premium, right? But they're also going to get a premium value for that. So they appreciate that. Therefore, they're going to hold us accountable. So I I really like that in the grooming industry. I think we are turning a corner. It's a slow, long corner, <laughs> but I think we are turning a corner and saying, listen, it's time that we're held accountable. And uh, uh, if we're not going to hold ourselves accountable, then the customers can hold us accountable. And that's why I'm a big fan of, I do a seminar called Mr. and Mrs. Picky, where we we, we, we welcome picky. Again, not unreasonable or irrational. Rather
2: with a picky client that knows exactly what they want than a customer that has no clue what they want. So Right, yeah, right. I, I, that very much
0: so so you get these new people and whether you're training somebody or they come in with a little bit of skill and you're and you're and you're polishing their skill sets and such as you're building your team and your team has been super solid I mean I'm just impressed by how long you know the average person has been part of your of your family they're your team I think a lot of it probably has to do with how you recognize them and 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 not recognize them all the time. We think of recognition and we think of positive recognition, but sometimes people, we, we offer recognition and helps counsel or coach uh, to help correct some uh, 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 some shortcomings, right? In their either their behavior, their conduct, their quality, their whatever. Um, but give us a couple of ideas of of how do you measure performance? How do you know when your team is doing it correctly? And how do they know when they're doing it correctly?
2: Oh, well, that's a really uh, good question. Um, as far as recognition is concerned, I will go out of my way to say, hey, that looks awesome. Or, you know, the person next to me at the table, if, if their dog just looks immaculate, I cannot help but say, oh my gosh, that dog is gorgeous. And I just, you know, I just lather them with compliments. And um, also I feel like recognition is, given by giving people more responsibility. So I have I have someone that directs the bathers. So she'll say, she'll give the lineup for the bathers. Okay, this is the dog that needs to go next and this is what needs to be done. Or you need to go see the groomer for this. So giving that responsibility to someone gives them more play in the game and it gives them more of a leg to stand on in the business. And you know, like they mean something and they matter and they have a place. Um, and I think that in itself is a recognition um, to their skill and their ability. Um, also, on the other end, you know, if we have some shortcomings to deal with, I try and find ways to handle those where it is uh, teaching and not degrading. So. I would never want to hurt somebody's feelings or make them feel bad or, or less than or not you know, not good enough. That's that's a horrible thing to do. So what I try to do is I'll team them up. Let's say a groomer is having a problem with how a bather is, is cleaning a face or getting the undercoat out. Then, then I'll look at the schedule in the next week and I'll say, okay, well, I'm going to have her work with you on this dog on this day. Do you have time to do that? Can you show her some things and some tips that you would like her to try? Um, and that's how I deal with shortcomings. You know, I just, I try to make it another training session. And then I give kudos to, to the person for, you know, making the changes that they need to make, um, and just try and stay on top of it that way. I don't like to micromanage as much as I am, you know, a stickler for quality. I also am not a micromanager, which I know that's hard to have those both in the same and on the same page, but it is true for me. I hate managing. I mean, I, I like to be able to trust the people that work for me and trust their judgment, and I do. And, um, and I think that they trust me um, and my judgment. Um, and I you know I have a very strong work ethic. And, you know, it's, I think a lot of times um, because of that strong work ethic, I think that, you know, rubs off on, on everybody else as well. I mean, I think they come to me that way, but you know, everybody here works so hard, and um, like the, one of my groomers has been with me for 14 years, and she's called in a total of two times. One time she couldn't walk because she hurt her back, and the other time she had to um, her she had a family emergency. So um, I think that's really impressive, and um, I don't hear that a lot um, from other grooming salons. So I feel like you know if you want your team to do be certain ways and do certain things, then you need to be that way too. And so that's what I try to do.
0: Well, you know what 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 you're summing up there is is something that I've called uh, that I've uh, uh, said before, which is tone from the top. Right? You're demonstrating the behavior and the and the attributes that you look for. Just Kathy, just in, instinctively, the way that you are asking for them to improve their skills by partnering up partnering them up with somebody in as, at a peer level, right? Somebody that has that superpower. You're, you're asking them to, 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 to mentor that not in a degrading way. Like you said, you would never want somebody to feel any less deserving. In fact, they're more deserving if they're a little bit, if they have a shortcoming and then recognizing the person that did the mentoring and the teaching. And that is a real special thing that, uh, uh that really does define the culture. And again, I know you and I know that your energy level must be just off the charts, you know, so if you bring that energy level to the workplace, that's also going to rub off on everybody. Sometimes we get we get stuck in a rut, right? There's a difference between being in a rut and in your groove, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm always I'm always telling people get in a groove and not a rut. And there is a big difference between the two. BC, I think you were going to say something and I might have stepped on you there. So go right ahead. Oh, that's
1: all right. That's all right. (laughs) Again, you know, Kathy not one to blow her own horn but she everything that she expects of her team she's done. She's here. Uh, She mentioned that one of our uh, key people missed two days. I don't think Kathy's missed that unless it was for surgery. Um, So Kathy opens this shop every day and she is here every day if there's a uh, hard-to-handle dog or, let's say, a mess in a crate, Kathy's going to clean it up if she's the first one to notice it. She's not going to have somebody else do that work. And that relates just like you're talking about. When they see that, that's kind of the road they start going down. And then the other thing, which actually a very, very wise Almost, almost older gentlemen taught me this, I think, 15 years ago in a seminar. How we speak to our groomers being non-groomers is important. And, and the thing that I was taught by this person was they're not employees, they're talent. And that's how the conversations need to go. Would you tell... Picasso that that painting looks horrible. No, you might just say things like not my taste or maybe the customer was looking for a different vision and with your immense skill and abilities, do you think you might be able to get closer to what they're seeing? Those are the types of conversations that I have as a non-groomer with my grooming staff. But the last thing that I would ever do is walk in and say to any of them, Hey, that dog didn't look good. The customer didn't like it. Everything was wrong. You know, that's not the way to communicate with a grooming team or talent.
0: Well, and most of the time, what we find is that in any good, in any relationship, it's based on good or bad communication, right? So if, if there was something that was not Correct, or uh, uh, somebody didn't maybe hit the mark that we know that their that their potential is right. It's sometimes that we haven't defined what that expectation is, we haven't modeled that. And I know that that's where you guys really do shine at Platinum Paws is, is is what I would call servant leadership, right? Um, Not unique. That's not a term that I dubbed. I mean, obviously, I, you know, but that's something I picked up along the way to say servant leadership. And some people would say, you know, it's like one of those, I would never ask my staff to do anything that I wouldn't do. And that's one way of putting it. But it's not necessarily just that it's, it's just serving them to sometimes not do a task, like even cleaning up a mess, although that's a great example, but it is, it is serving them to make sure that we are, we are, we are assisting them and being the best that they can be. And part of that is obviously honesty. And sometimes those conversations are kind of tough to have, but what I've found is that the longer we let it go, the worse it gets. So it sounds, and what I, what I know about you guys and, and what I've just heard is you also approach it quickly. Kathy, you said a moment ago, if somebody is, is is slipping or somebody didn't quite hit the mark on something or needs to polish their skill, you're on it within minutes, days, right? So that next week, they're spending some time getting better in that skill set versus it just festering and and potentially putting in that same situation again. So as you're building your team, right? So your team is is slowly increasing and slowly getting bigger and 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 getting even better in their talent. Do you guys do anything that you consider unique when it comes to team building? Anything that uh, uh, already you call it a family, which I think is is really great. And I don't think that there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of salons that do that, but there's also a lot of salons that don't. Are there any? Is there anything unique that you do uh, for team building? The uh,
1: first thing that comes to mind. For me, is we're going to encourage anything outside of Platinum Paws that they would like to do as far as continuing education, trade shows, anything along that lines. We have um, one groomer besides Kathy that is wants to compete and has competed in fact she's taken some awards already even being new to the uh, competition circuit but in that case we pay for their travel um in fact this groomer's going to atlanta so we pay for the flight to atlanta we pay for the hotel room we pay for registration fees um we do whatever it takes on that uh to help her out in her competitions and you know if there's a trade show close to us like in chicago then everybody might go to it if they want to if they don't it's okay because again um the other key to platinum pause is we groom monday through friday we don't groom weekends we don't we are Groomers are here starting at 8 a.m. and they leave when they're done. And that is an advantage because, as you know, a lot of the shops are working hard on Saturdays or even maybe seven days a week. And if you have, um, you know, a family or you have a husband that works a traditional schedule, it can be hard to be off schedule. So uh, we started out grooming. Uh just like everybody else, we grew Tuesday through Saturday, and then we quickly changed that around and we as we got better and started hiring people, we realized that you know we could take away Saturdays and still have a full schedule the again, the demographics of our area they aren't worried about. Um, needing just the weekends because they're working their job. They they have figured out they can drop off on the way in or maybe they have a stay at home or whatever. But for us, we groom Monday through Friday. And a lot of groomers like that, especially like Kathy mentioned. We got, you know, groomers that are starting families or have existing families. They like that consistency of the schedule. We also uh, give the week off of Christmas, you know, and again that that's a benefit to people. You're gonna be off the entire week of Christmas, and for us it made sense because we get so many cancellations over that holiday that we were able to kind of make our schedule and our groomers' schedule um, work that they don't have to be in. And then kind of the last thing more again, my view is the administrative end is all of our groomers are paid, you know, basically hourly. They all get salary. They don't have to hit a time clock or anything like that. They make the same amount of money no matter what. So if you have uh, you have a lighter day, you're done at 2 o'clock, you're still getting paid for the whole eight hours, even if you leave at 2 o'clock. And same with that week of Christmas. You're still getting paid. We are responsible for bringing the customers to the groomers. We don't want groomers to have to book out their own schedules. We don't want them to have to worry about, do they have enough dogs or do they have too many dogs? You know, that's our responsibility as owners is to make sure that our employees get everything they need. That means client. That means equipment. That means sharpening. That means whatever. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And then a couple of things that stuck out to me as far as you said team building outside of work um one of the well there's two favorite things that i have one of them is the photo shoot for the christmas cards, and then the second one is the christmas dinner so the photo shoot we have every year in october um and we always try to make our christmas cards that we send to our clients hilarious and everybody has a really fun time trying to come up with different scenes and different scenarios and, you know, who's going to say what and, you know, who, how are we going to do our hair. And, um, we always set up the photo shoot so, like, right after work so it won't take away too much time from people's outside lives. And everybody always gets super excited about it. We have a makeup artist come in and do makeup. You know, we have a photographer on site and, you know, it's just so much fun to do that. And then we send the cards out and, you know, every year customers are so excited to see these cards because they're hilarious. And we get told over and over again how awesome they are and how it's the only card they have hanging up or it's the only card their college <laughs> kid wants to come home and see. And, you know, they ask for it as soon as they get through the door. Where's the Pond and Pot's Christmas card? We have restaurants that hang up, gas stations that hang up our Christmas card. And it's amazing. Um, Then the Christmas dinner, you know, we always treat our employees to an extremely fancy, nice Christmas dinner um, at the end of the year. And I say, starting in October, everybody starts talking about what dress are you going to get? And, you know, how are you going to do your hair? And what shoes are you going to wear? And it just becomes a whole topic of discussion for days in the shop about everybody's tire. Are you going to make your husband wear a matching tie? And, you know, things like that. And it's just really fun. and in the past, we've done, you know, things together outside of work. Um, I think we've gone to different fairs, and um, I can't think of anything else, right? A movie, you know, here and there. But, um, yeah, we went bowling once. So, yeah, I mean, we do we do a few things outside of work. But the two most popular ones in my head are the Christmas card photo shoot and then the Christmas dinner.
0: You know, it's – Go ahead, BC. I
1: had to wear the matching tie.
0: I was I was just going to ask you how many how many years have you worn the worn the matching tie? <laughs> no,
1: that, I don't I don't get a choice over what I wear to the Why holiday. I didn't to
2: wear a tie last year.
0: <laughs> at, at least it wasn't a matching dress. I'm just saying, right? So, <laughs> although I, I, I would I would pay really good money to see a photo of <laughs> of that. So, um you know, okay, so I'm going to sum up on what you just kind of captured there and I and I and I just let you go because That was a really special moment because you're beaming about your business. You're beaming about your customers and you're beaming about your team. And it's that, that authenticity that you bring to the workplace that before a a light switch is turned on before the computers are turned on or whatever you have established that culture every day Of your grooming business and that was one of the reasons why when i started to think about new topics and new series for the hey joe podcast i thought talking about building a culture that people don't want to leave and in a day when it's so competitive and we're always seeming we're we're seeming to always be short staffed what what experts what subject matter experts out there do i know personally and have seen it witnessed it myself that i could put in front of the hey joe uh podcast audience and you guys did not let me down and you did not let the audience down. So, I I don't want to I don't want to end our podcast without I don't want to end our podcast at all, but I we have to. But I don't want to end our podcast at all until we start talking about ninja groomer a little bit. So, okay. so Kathy, I have seen I have seen some video of your training and <laughs> oh my gosh. And 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 even worse, I've seen video of your hands during the training and blisters and and you go back to the salon and you groom oh my god right? yeah. that's just that's yeah, i'm brutal. actually
2: right now because i uh, missed a an obstacle last night i was supposed to catch so my head got it instead
1: <laughs> oh my but yeah gosh. i uh,
2: i this has been a passion of mine. you know i was four years old and i saw gymnastics on tv and In that moment, and I remember the moment like it was yesterday, I knew that I was meant to do that. And it was the same thing that happened to me when I watched that show on TV and I, and I sat back in the chair and I was like, I'm going to do that someday. And I want to do that someday. And, you know, when I first started saying that, I didn't really believe the words that were coming out of my mouth because I'm like, that's a ridiculous dream. You're never going to get there. But then I have a husband that is so motivating and so powerful and he is always there pushing me do my dreams no matter what they are they aren't silly to him they're they're everything to him and so he always seeks out you know different avenues for me to to explore my dreams and one of them was uh, going to this uh, ninja gym to start training because he was tired of me talking about it and not doing anything about it so um i went there and the first night that i was there i was hooked i was hooked from you know from the very start and that was two years ago and i said Myself, I'm going to train for two years and then I'm going to apply for the show. And so that's what I did. I trained for two years and I have applied for the show. I also um, have competed in local competitions and then I competed in the world finals last year for UNAA in Minnesota and I placed in the top 10 in the uh, 40 and over division for women. Um, And it hasn't been easy, you know, along the way. It has been rewarding and it has been. Um, amazing It has also been very painful at times emotionally and physically um, but I have met a community of people that is loving and caring and but at the same time competitive you know I have so many friends on my team that I'm also looking at okay I want to do that just like she's doing it or I want to do that better than she's doing that and they you know we push each other it's really good to have teammates that you're friends with, but also that you compete against. And because that's just, you know, what's going to make you better. And So, uh, so when you talk I,
0: about, you talk about passion outside of grooming, right? And that's, you have this passion outside of grooming, and it would be terribly rude for anybody to ever ask you your age. And I'm not going to do that, but you kind of keyed us in and told us that you're over 40 because you're in the over 40 division, but yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, if you're not an inspiration to, other groomers out there. And listen, guys, you like, Hey, do listener audience out there. You don't need to necessarily go and become ninja groomers on your own. Although that would be really awesome. Uh, but, <laughs> but just find something. And it's never too late to find your new passion. I mean, obviously you started that in your forties, which is spectacular. Uh, and, and what an accomplishment you set a goal for yourself. So sometimes what I like about that, and I know that there's this, the word balance has a lot of different meanings when you're talking about training for your, 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 uh, your superpower, right? But it's just a balance of your lifestyle, right? And now you have like ninja n- equipment like in your home, right? I mean, I've, yes. seen, I've seen some rooms recently built out for ninja.
2: <laughs> uh, we have a barn. We live on a farm. Um, and one of our barns the, was um, has a second floor and it has been, is in the process of being renovated into a ninja gym. And my husband and brother have Scheme together and made these um, amazing uh, rigs. Uh, One of them is installed so far for Lachey and then also for the nunchucks and the balls and the rings. And you know, I I get to play on that um, when I have time. And um, it's so much fun and it has made me stronger and it's made me better. And um, I'm just so grateful that I have a husband and a brother that know how to make that kind of stuff and want to make that kind of stuff for me. So the the support that I have is amazing and I don't just have it from them. I have it from all my customers um, and then my teammates as well. So,
0: well, and I uh, think now you're going to have extra support from the Hey Joe listener audience out there too. So speaking of support, how can they, how can they watch your videos? How can they learn more about Kathy as ninja groomer and, and, so, BC is are are there are there ways for for people now that are anxious to go and kind of learn more about Kathy and her endeavors? How do they how do they see these things?
1: Absolutely, uh, the we have Instagram, which is the Ninja Groomer, the Ninja Groomer, which is Kathy's favorite um, outlet, I guess. And then there is a Facebook page, which is um, slash Ninja Groomer but i would tell all your listeners to just uh check out platinum Paws on facebook as well because everything kathy does we we kind of try and cross post and like she mentioned there's a lot of her customers um supporting her we actually sell t-shirts and sweatshirts with the ninja groomer logo on it in the shop so there's clients of ours that are wearing those shirts and and talk to her all the time about how she's doing and are envious and can't wait for her to be on that national TV show. And as an industry, um, as you know, I was involved with World Pet Association and I try and look at things beyond just what Kathy and I do. But if she does get on that television show to have a spotlight on pet grooming, is going to be awesome for our industry and help change some of those minds of people that look at groomers um, in different ways. And so I, I'm hoping that that all comes through. The TV show does have other pet-related. There's uh, the Canine Ninja is on there who does rescue work, but Kathy will be the only pet groomer uh, if she does come to that. When, when
0: she gets on the show, we're going to, I'll tell you what, I'm going, to, I'm going to challenge, I'm going to challenge the entire Hey Joe listener audience out there to go and support Kathy Henshin as the Ninja Groomer. Um, we will put all of the links uh, to uh, 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 how you find their information. We're going to put all of that on our website uh, under the Hey Joe podcast page on the paragonpetschool.com website and uh, so go there and uh, make sure you uh, you can go right to that page click on the links and you can find everything about not only bc but kathy platinum paws and the ninja groomer guys thank you so much for participating in this and uh, i get first dibs on an interview when you're like super famous <laughs> and on a show. okay yeah. so I, I, i'm claiming my ground right now so <laughs> all right All right, guys, thank you so much. I appreciate it, and uh, we wish you all and your team the very best.
2: Thank you so much for having us.